the Magic Book Club podcast. Well, it's not often that I get to chat at length to an expert in the field of one of my favourite pastimes, chocolate. So it was with great pleasure that we welcome to the Magic Radio Book Club podcast the fantastic Andrew Baker with his new book, From Bean to Bar, A Chocolate Lover's Guide to Britain. Welcome along. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Um, I sensed that there was a lot you needed to say about chocolate. Absolutely, yeah. Where did this come from? I've always loved it. I mean, right, for obviously every child loves chocolate, but for me it was a, it was a special fascination and it wasn't just any old chocolate. You know, I like chocolate that had some kind of personality. When I was a kid, I was a bit pretentious and I, I didn't like sort of little Freddos or whatever we did had you, back did, in those genuinely days. Genuinely didn't. You knew you I had really good, didn't. you, you knew know, you I had liked, decent I liked taste buds. I dark chocolate. I liked that Bourneville, Cadbury's Bourneville chocolate in a, and it had a kind of classy dark red wrapper and gold foil. I thought it was so... You only got gosh. it at Christmas, didn't you? Uh, well, are... Yeah, that and a Terry's chocolate orange at Christmas as well. <laughs> What a treat that was. So you see, the thing about chocolate is it's like a, an express highway back to our childhood. As soon as you start talking about chocolate, people remember the, the chocolate that they loved as a child. And that, that's the same with me. So I wanted to pursue that kind of highway a bit further and, and go all over Britain and, and look for people who, who have a special joy in chocolate, not just in eating it, which we, a lot of us do, but, but in making it, every, everything about it. So that's the journey I went on. Well, and and the the sort of the the book has sort of manifested itself as a, as a guide, really, yeah. a, a geographical guide around the UK. That's right. Well, that's the way it worked out. When I started to look into this, I've been chasing um, people who make chocolate <laughs> relentlessly <laughs> <laughs> for seven or eight years now, and they're they're getting a bit tired of it. No, and they're they're lovely people. I'm sure they're very grateful for your attention. I discovered that they there are people literally all over Britain who are making chocolate in the right way with kind of love and respect for the ingredients and it's it's a beautiful lifestyle and from Cornwall right down in the southwest right up to the highlands of Scotland yeah. Wales in the west people in Suffolk and Lincolnshire in the east all over Britain there are these artisan chocolate makers so I thought since they're so widespread let's turn it into a road trip and actually go and and visit the beautiful places where they live which is no coincidence because this is something that you can do on a very small scale very well so there's no need to be in a big city to make chocolate. You can be somewhere beautiful with your family, kind of living the life, and well, that's what these people are doing. I mean, there are some, be- there are some amazing, gorgeous, idyllic scenes from around the country that you describe. And we, I mentioned it briefly when you went on the hunt for, um, oh, what, what's the the chocolate? Nom the pe- nom. The nom noms, yeah. peanut butter, sticky, to- the sticky peanut butter chocolate. Oh, gosh, you went to it. try and find them and and got lost in Wales. It's a really mysterious story. These, these people, <laughs> this is a company called Nom Nom who make really beautiful chocolate. And I thought I've got to go and visit the factory. So I did the right thing. You know, I kind of sent them emails and and. And then I sent more emails and then I contacted people who stocked their chocolate bars and <laughs> and then I rang up. You know, who makes a phone call these days? You know, I actually no rang up. And <laughs> I tried half a dozen at least times to make contact with Nom Nom to say, I want to come and see you, I want to visit the factory, I want to find out. You, you didn't know, have a golden ticket, happens. you see. That's what I it didn't. was, Andrew. You didn't, didn't have a golden ticket. So one day I thought, I, you know, I can't do this anymore. I just got in the car and, and drove and I had where I thought they were going to be and sat-nav and I thought this is going to be a doddle. You know, just plug it into the sat-nav yeah. and off we go. No way. No way. It was About, just a... I mean, it was a beautiful place. 
very beautiful. Very but there mysterious. was there was no evidence of chocolate making there. Nowhere, and the sat nav gave up. It just said, I don't know. <laughs> and and there I was in the middle of the Black Mountains in Wales. I mean, there in, are worse places in, to end up. Really, it's very beautiful. A bit drizzly, but yeah. very beautiful. And I was asking total strangers, you know, <laughs> excuse me, have you seen a chocolate factory? <laughs> and understandably, they were a strange at me. man yeah. in the valley asking for chocolate. <laughs> exactly. It's a wonder I didn't get arrested. Uh-huh. So I never did find it, but. I've got the chocolate bars. And and it, but they, that was a really amazing example as well of um, a very small operation, but doing things precisely with, with taking great pride in the, yeah. the precision of what they do. Yeah. Is that something that, that you found to be a common trait of all these uh, people? No question. Absolutely. That, that's the common denominator. They absolutely love what they're doing. And making chocolate on a small scale is a really absorbing process. It's a fascinating process, the kind of, I call it the chemistry, that sounds a bit serious. It's almost like magic, you know. It comes together in such a beautiful way. You have to pay attention to what you're doing. You have to respect the ingredients that you're using. And you you really have to, to do it in a, in a concentrated way. But it's a really rewarding process as well. So all of these people are, are doing it the right way, you know, and they're enjoying every minute of what they do. Of course, they're enjoying the results, but they're enjoying the process as well. And very often, they're working in the most beautiful bits of this country. And they've got friends around them who understand what they're doing and value what they're doing. They're selling what they make in the local shops. They're kind of contributing to the community. And this is, it's obviously part of a bigger craft food scene in this country, which is doing really well, which is brilliant. Why? Why is it? I mean, I'm just as I'm quite surprised to, if I'm frank, to uh, that some of them are doing as well as they are because they are making a living. It's not. I mean, it's you know, all these people that you've, all, you know, from all the people that are in the book are 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 being successful at it, and you know, with the high street as it is and uh, times as they are, it's really heartening to see that they're you know they're making a living out of it. It's good news. I mean, they're not they're not getting rich, yeah. and it's not an easy way to make a living. Um, but for the most part. Because they're they're living out of the way and they're living kind of on their own terms, um, their expenses are not very high. Very often they actually don't have a shop. They're just making the bars. They're selling them online or they're passing them yep. on to distributors. So they're they're kind. Of, it's a simple business. So it's not too challenging in that regard. Um, but it, you know, it's not an easy way to to make a living. You need dedication. You need love for the for what you're doing. And your so if you uh, if your love of chocolate, well, apart from it sort of. You, you, you know, it takes you back to being a child. What can you identify? What it is? I mean, there is there is science about why chocolate, and there's quite a bit of science in the book as well. Yeah, but about, not in a frightening way. Not in a frightening way. Not in a frightening way, or in a witchy way. <laughs> it's the cure for everything. It'll cure your baldness. Um, uh, but but there is there is there is some there is some chemistry around coca beans and uh, and and that finds its way in here as well. Mm-hmm. Is it, it, does that is that been the reason why you fell in love with chocolate as a no, kid, do you I think? mean, I don't have a scientific bone in my body. I've got absolutely <laughs> no idea. That kind of stuff leaves me completely baffled. But I understand <laughs> the effects, and I know that the, the very simple things about chocolate, one of the most simple, most effective things about chocolate is that it melts at the same temperature as the human body. So that means that oh, well, as soon as yeah. we come into contact with it, you know, you put it on the palm of your hand and leave it there, it will melt. My husband says the same thing. There you are. (laughs) There you are. If you put a little (laughs) tiny bit on your tongue, it melts automatically. And so releasing all the kind of wonderful stuff inside. So it's, it's almost mystical. It's sort of meant to work really well for us. We know what wonderful effects it has. 
and we know what wonderful flavors it has. And that's the other thing, is that looking into chocolate that's made in the right way, chocolate that's made with a lot of care, there's so much flavor, there's so much intensity, and there's so much variety of taste and texture to explore that it's almost an endless subject. You know, there's a, there's, it's not just that beans from a particular location taste a certain way. You can then use those beans in all sorts of different ways. Well, there's, I mean, there's beans from St. Lucia right way to the other side of the world, uh, yep. roasted, not roasted, ground in different ways. All of that. Um, and it's, it's, I'm thinking maybe it's the next step of this book to go and see that bit. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. One of the only drawbacks about pursuing chocolate to where it's grown rather than where it's made is that it's really difficult to make chocolate where the beans are grown because it only grows in a little narrow band around the equator. And it obviously grows in conditions that are not just really hot but really humid as well. So as soon as you expose a bar of finished chocolate to conditions that are really hot and humid, <laughs> it's melted all over your hand. And it's, it's really difficult to enjoy. Of a, catastrophe of an, exos, really of an expedition, would. exactly. Yeah, so it's easy to do it here. There was um, a, there was an environmental um, question as well about how uh, cocoa beans are being grown uh, uh, abroad. Is there a concern that you have at all? Are they being looked after well? It's, it's a really difficult subject because um, so many people love chocolate all over the world. Of it course. Is the, the scale of the business is absolutely enormous. And so the scale of the raw materials required is absolutely enormous. And it's terribly difficult for the really huge companies to know where all their yeah. cocoa beans have come from um, simply because of the enormous number that they need. So there is some question that large-scale cultivation of cocoa is a bit of a threat to the rainforest and it's a, a bit of a threat yeah. to the local environment, and that's tricky. One of the things that the smaller producers can do is that they can work with smaller growers where they know that the beans are being grown in an ecologically friendly way, where the local community is being properly paid, and where the farmers who are growing the beans are getting the right reward for the putting right money, all that work yeah. in. Exactly. So that's another really good reason for going with chocolate that's made by smaller producers rather than the big kind of faceless international conglomerates. Put a name to it. I can't do that. I'm in such trouble. I'm, I, I, I really love Birmingham. My daughter was at university in Birmingham. I love it so much. Did she have so a nice much. time there? We had a great time. And we went around Cadbury World and she helped me kind of do the kind of Birmingham-based research. I bet she very research. gladly took all the gifts that they yeah, threw at her. she got all the freebies at the end of it. And... Um, uh, and Bourneville is a wonderful place. Bourneville is a wonderful place, uh, you know, yeah. There's a lot of good things about Cadbury Chocolate. It brings a lot of pleasure to many, many people. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't like it very much. And it's, it's not unfortunate. What you, yeah. But, but they, I mean, interesting, like, interestingly, though, what I think you do have regard for, and you do, and you do, uh, you know, are. Have, you know, you do warm to is is the is the story about Bourneville and how and how um, in in and that's and it's not unique to Bourneville either that the the larger factories historically um, looked after their workforce very well and it created something quite new actually when uh, the the, the large scale production of chocolate first came to the UK. Absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And that's an important thing to say is that that in not just in in Birmingham with the Cadburys but also with the the Terries the and the Roundtrees yeah. in York with the Fries in Bristol, all of these usually Quaker families making chocolate on a, in, in a big way, on a big scale, largely because chocolate was an alternative to alcohol. Yes. It was served as sort of hot chocolate, and that was something that, that, that people could enjoy rather than beer, and the Quakers thought, obviously, that was a good thing. 
but they they did a lot of good for their communities. They employed a vast number of people, Sammy. and obviously, in the case of the Cadburys, they built a community for all their workers to to live in and to have fun in, and <laughs> and that was a, that was a, a very very good thing. And in a way, I see that replicated these days with the, the smaller chocolate makers again um, enjoying what they're doing, where they're doing it, and helping their communities. And yeah. it's that kind of spirit lives on, I think, while the, the larger companies have either grown and become multinational or what they used to do is no longer the same. There are uh, different companies coming along now doing different things. And it's, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it, I guess, because, you know, if we wipe off the shelves of the supermarkets, uh, the, the full of fat and full of sugar chocolate that we are all so familiar with and replace it with the... Uh, all these wonderful people that you... I mean, it kind of d- doesn't help, really, does it, that much? Not really. What is happening, interestingly, is is that the larger firms, such as Cadbury, are taking notice of the trends uh, that the artisan producers are developing. So you've got dark milk chocolate, which is a wonderful thing. It's yeah. just milk chocolate with a higher cocoa content. And that's been something that artisan chocolate makers have been making to great effect for five or six years at least. And Cadbury have just launched their own dark milk bar which is a version of, you know, our old favourite, which which happens to have more cocoa in it, which is obviously, Mm. it's not my favourite bar, but it's a better thing than the bar that it's sort of replacing in a sense. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'll tell you what, if I see any more salted caramel, though, I'm I'm we are I'm over a salted caramel. I really okay. am. thank the you. The book is practically a salted caramel free zone. I did notice that. <laughs> I was like, there's very little salted caramel in here. Um, if I was to press you for a favourite taste or a favourite bar or a favourite concoction combination of flavours, would you be able to put your finger on one particular bar that it you've ch- tasted? It changes almost every day, but my my long standing favourite is a bar called. Venezuela Ocumar 72%, which is made by Duffy Sheardown in Cleethorpes. Yeah. That's a very, very beautiful bar of chocolate. What makes that so beautiful? Well, it's the, the, the beans from the Ocumar region in Venezuela are very, very special indeed. And Duffy is a genius of chocolate making. He works in a shed in Cleethorpes, which doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound very glamorous. It sounds ideal. <laughs> his chocolate, I promise you, is respected the world over. He is a, a towering wow. colossus on the world artisan chocolate scene. He makes beautiful, beautiful bars of chocolate, and I really, really enjoy the flavour of that particular one. So that's one special favourite. Can I mention one more? Yeah, of course you can. From down in Cornwall, Chocolada, they make a bar which is a dark milk chocolate with gorse flour. I don't even know what what gorse has in the bush. Yeah, at the blossoms of the gorse bush. Wow. that, That gives it a kind of incredibly gentle, honeyish flavour because that's the nectar from the gorse flour. And it is just the most beautiful bar of chocolate you can ever, ever come across. It's really gentle, it's sweet, but it's not cloying, and it's it's amazing. Just actually talking about it, you know, I could faint, faint with pleasure. <laughs> you're flushed. <laughs> you're, you're flushed, Andrew, you're flushed. Yeah. Who would have known I'm never going to look at a gorse bush, uh, bush in the same way? <laughs> um, uh, this was inevitably going to lead, uh, your expertise in this area was inevitably going to lead to you uh, voicing... Uh, your opinions uh, in in competitive environments. You're a judge. Uh, yes, no, that's absolutely true. But um, 
And that's, you know, that's a challenging role. I wouldn't want anybody to think that being a chocolate judge is, you know, just fun. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) It's not on your list. My little girl's just done her GCSEs and I'm pretty sure the careers department didn't tell her that being a chocolate judge was on the list of options. Do you get invited to be something like that? Do you kind of elbow your way in? What happens? Uh, When the the Academy of Chocolate, which is a very... No, there isn't. There absolutely is. It's a very respectable body. Oh, my goodness, The Academy of Chocolate is absolutely a thing it's a it's a a serious industry body where people who make chocolate get together and compare notes wow so it it performs a a serious role but also every year it judges chocolate more than a thousand different kinds of chocolate sent in from all over the world not just in britain and decides which chocolates deserve the gongs which chocolate deserves the medals and i've been a judge for them for a number of years and That's amazing. It's, it's great. It's it's actually really hard work. And I, you I'm, take I that look off your that. face. It's really hard work. <laughs> I w- no, but I mean, it, you, we laugh, but trying thousands of chocolates and being able to differentiate That's the, the subtle thing. differences you really, between... You really, really have to concentrate. And at yeah. the end of a, an afternoon when I might have tasted, for judging purposes, 40, more than 40 different bars of chocolate... I'm actually exhausted and feel slightly sick as well. <laughs> there was <laughs> but, that. I was going to bring that. Yeah, um, you have to water. concentrate so hard, really concentrating on every kind of aspect of the chocolate, aroma, taste, texture, every kind of element of, of consuming that chocolate. Is it, at the is end it, of it, I'm absolutely knackered. Are they like, is it like, you know, sort of the, the, the whiskey tasters? Where they're not allowed to fly in the same aeroplane, and so these are these these are really ancient recipes of cider and whiskey and all these things that you know they're they're so secret they're so secret that they can't let the tra- the tasters like be in the same place for any length. Of time. I don't think it's not quite that because chocolate is not there isn't a secret process yeah. that will unlock the key to a beautiful bar of chocolate. It's more a, how you balance the different yeah. elements. The the key difference with wine tasting and whiskey tasting is that with chocolate, you don't have to spit. <laughs> so, <laughs> In fact, once it's melted, you know, you might as well just... Exactly. Exactly. So you are, I mean, I'm just, for, obviously, this is this is radio, but you are very svelte for, I mean, that's you know, do, do you have to watch your, you have to watch how much you're consuming, I guess. But then these that you're, t- you're, you're, you're talking about have, have comparatively little fat content. That's the one thing. And the other thing is that if you eat... Good chocolate. This sounds so preachy, <laughs> but I promise it's it's true. If you eat really proper chocolate, you don't need to eat as much to feel as good because all the chemicals that make you feel good in chocolate are present in stronger form yeah. in sort of slightly darker chocolate. So if you eat a dark milk rather than a standard milk chocolate, you don't need to eat a kilogram of it to feel really good. You just eat. I know. It's, it's, oh, where's the fun in that? I, <laughs> I was relying on you to give me the green light there. <laughs> I honestly, honestly find that I don't need to eat as much chocolate to enjoy it as I do if I'm eating well, there junk wasn't, chocolate. I think there was some urban myth about Victoria Beckham when she kind of treats herself to a morsel of, 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 of chocolate that she just has a dark a square of dark chocolate but she it let, lets it melt in her mouth and, and actually you're satiated but with she, just that. She's doing the right thing mm. and there is some science behind that actually that if you eat a little square of, of dark chocolate before a meal it suppresses your appetite and if you eat a little square of dark chocolate at the end of your meal it prevents you or at least minimises the risk of snacking 
through the afternoon afterwards. There are chemical reasons why that works. We're going to the shops afterwards. <laughs> Talking of which then, uh, if I'm going to walk into a shop uh, which isn't, sadly, full of some of these beautiful um, bars of chocolate and uh, that, that you've mentioned in the book, what, what should I look for generally that we are, as the general public, likely to encounter on a daily basis? What's the, what, what should I be looking for to get a good bar of chocolate? Well, the first thing is to look at the ingredients. Yeah. And if the first ingredient is not cocoa, then put the bar down and pick up another bar because that's the first rule of chocolate. You would be amazed. But how can many, you imagine? Amazed how many bars of chocolate that people think of as chocolate yeah. bars where the first ingredient is not chocolate. The first ingredient is likely to be sugar or fat or dairy or something like that rather than chocolate. So pick up the bar, look at the ingredients. If the first ingredient is cocoa or cocoa derivative, then you're on the right lines. But ideally, go to one of these wonderful people that I've written about in the book. Well, I mean, it's just literally, it's just, uh, there's, uh, this is, this is almost like going to, I mean, you could start, you could sell walk, you could sell holidays, UK holidays based on this. (laughs) Yeah, you walk off the chocolate. You can walk off the chocolate. Um, If I, if if I, if you had to decide what was your favourite all-time bar, are you, are we harking back to the Bourneville with the gold wrapper and the, and the red paper Ripping it off as a small boy, like yeah, so Charlie. That's, that's the favourite chocolate moment, but that's impossible to recreate. Yes, it is. Of course, the it bar, is. You yeah. can never go back. You know, and you, the bar we, has changed. Yeah, the wrapper's not the same. It's all different. It's, Do you still smash a Terry's chocolate orange at Christmas? I've tried. But <laughs> They're not made in York anymore. They're not. They're made in France. Oh, dear. They don't fall to bits in the same way when you smash them, and it's just not the same. You look like you're about 11 years old then when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where is this going next? Um, And uh, tell me, what do your... your, your, Because you're obviously a a seasoned journalist for your day job. What do your your colleagues at The Telegraph think of your chocolate obsession? Well, they've been, I say they've been very tolerant, but I mean, I think that the truth is they're probably delighted because the, the research that's gone into this book has involved quite a lot of chocolate being delivered to the Telegraph. And my colleagues have been very happy to help me out evaluating and, you know, making sure that each bar has arrived in good condition. And <laughs> we've had a lot of fun. Talking of which, you've bought me, what have you bought me? I've bought you a very, very small bar of Willie's Cacao, which is made in a mad factory by a wonderful man called Willie Harcourt Coos down in Devon. And Willie is like the the ultimate eccentric chocolate maker. He's a wonderful, classy, enthusiastic individual who knows his chocolate and he knows the people that grow the beans. He goes to Venezuela to source the beans in person. He's had loads of adventures. He's a rather glamorous kind of dashing figure. And I had the most fantastic day with him at his factory in Devon. He was charging around, showing me all the beans, <laughs> these warehouse stacked, piled high with sacks full of beans. And he'd shove a knife in and bring this one out and say, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Crunch it up. And then he'd charge off to another machine, which was cranking out chocolate and dip a finger in and say, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? <laughs> and amazing guy. And he makes wonderful, wonderful chocolate. And that's the kind of thing. It's the enthusiasm, yeah. the energy, and the, you know, the love for the process and for the people that... That grow the beans and and so and he makes beautiful chocolate and Willie's um, is fairly easy to find it's in a lot of supermarkets That's and it comes great. in little coffee shops you can buy these little bars like that and it's a handy size for snacking during the day if these I was thinking that myself <laughs> <laughs> and trying out these methods of tasting chocolate I hesitate to use the word mindfully but you know <laughs> thank thoughtfully, you thoughtfully, thoughtfully you know you put it in your mouth and think now. 
What am I getting out of this? What does it taste like? What sensations am I getting? Well, um, it, the it, enthusiasm from you in the book and uh, from all these makers as well is quite addictive and it's lovely to be around. Um, oh, is this the last of you? Are you are you done with chocolate or are you going to write some more? I don't really have a choice in the matter. I mean, no, it's you, more whether chocolate is done with me. Ah. I, I suspect that it probably isn't. And one of the things that I've found writing the book and actually, you know, the book is, is just being published right now, Putting it out there is it's stimulating discussion, it's stimulating ideas. And lots of people are saying, well, have you been there? Have you been there? Have you heard of so-and-so? I know that I'll have missed people yeah, in the of book, course. although I tried really hard not to. There will be people making beautiful chocolate who I haven't found, so I'm going to go out there again. You know? this, is, this is a TV series with you out on the road, isn't it? I hope so. Yeah, I think it, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it would I mean, be fun. It, it's screaming, it's yeah, screaming television it to me. It would be a lot me. of fun. Would be a lot of fun. Anything um, to get more chocolate. But, and on that note, I, we can't beat that. Uh, on that note, thank you so very much. It's so nice of you to come in and chat about um, a subject that that you know unanimously we all love. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.